Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to your Everyday Rich podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jason. My lovely co-host, Jennifer, is not here today. It's going to be another solo episode with yours truly. Uh, Your Everyday Rich podcast is really uh, living room conversations for millennials that uh, touch on some important topics in in millennial life. So really things that uh, we have, Jen and I would have on our couch in our living room about stuff that I think a lot of millennials ask like money, uh, investing, family life, um, just the kind of things that we're all going through, right? Trying to navigate all these like weird, weird things in life and really wrap around all this cultural stuff that we have to try to figure out as well, uh, being Asian millennials. Um, but then, you know, one big, big conversation we were having is, you know, investing is one thing, but how can you, how can you trade, right? Um, there was this big thing about trading, obviously, since COVID trading became such a popular thing. And granted that I actually kind of, uh, got onto the trading bandwagon a little before that, but really during COVID. So during that time, there is this, uh, my, my guest that I'm, uh, very honored to, uh, introduce very shortly. Um, he's the one that really actually got me into trading really in much, uh, more detail and really kind of go down the rabbit hole of trading in a way where it could be very lucrative, but also learn a skill that you'll never be able to forget. It's an interesting story of how we met, and we'll get into it. But um, essentially, Eddie Lee is the owner of Lee Capital Trading, and he runs a basically a trading uh, trading group uh, to help tr- help mentor traders. Um, and newbie traders, experienced traders to really hone in on the skill of trading because he's been doing it for a long time. And we'll get into like how good he is. Um, but like the whole point of why I've been wanting to interview Eddie was to share his story of how he got into this and really how people that are interested in the stock market can really leverage a little bit more than just buy and hold, right? This whole thing of investing is one thing, but how do we how do we make more income? And trading is a very good way to do that um so without further ado i am very honored to introduce mr eddie lee hey how's it going thanks for coming on and spending some time with uh with me um Mm -hmm. uh so i know i gave a long spiel about how how um how kind of like we i've kind of got into some training in the background and i wanted to paint a picture for everyone that doesn't know you right and here's the funny story is the way i met you was through a mutual a friend of a mutual i guess acquaintance of ours when mm-hmm. when i think trading became much popular in covid and you were already doing this for a long time right mm-hmm. so you know i got into this program uh which led me down a rabbit hole of hearing you come on to a similar program and then I Googled you because I figured out who you were. Like <laughs> we found out who your name was and I Googled you. I don't know what I remember. I Googled like Eddie Trader Canada options. <laughs> I don't remember what I did, but I, I Googled something and then one thing came up. You had some old website and it was you on that boat. Was it a boat or a yacht or a cat? Some sort yeah, of Yeah, it was boat. the yacht. It was my friend's yacht. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> 
is this him? Is this, this guy him? <laughs> and it turned out to be you. So yeah, like um, that's the kind of the story of how I how I met like, you. Can you tell tell me a little bit about like I guess your childhood? Like how what was that like? And uh, yeah, who, like a little bit about yourself first. Okay, so um, so I'm from the East Coast. Uh, I actually live in a very small town, a uh, small city. Now they they change you into a city. Oh, it's a <laughs> so, city now. Yeah. Okay, we no, won't say which city, but it's the East yeah. Coast. Yeah, yeah, East so, Coast of Canada. Uh, yeah. So my family owns a restaurant over here. Um, I actually uh, g- grew up in China. I, I came here when I was eight, right? So um, uh, w- my family in China, and like we're we're in a family of politicians and, and business people. So like uh, like all my uh, uh, uncles, my grandfather, they're all politicians or, or into business. So we were uh, at the time like we came here in '93. So in China in '93, we had our own businesses. We had like you know we had a couple houses. So we were well off of kind of more like the upper middle class, whatever. So uh, the time in China was kind of, you know, uh, my, my parents always working. I, I'm never there. So I, I, I learned how to like pretty well do everything on my own. <laughs> right. So I, I spent a lot of time like with my grandparents and uh, my, my grandfather specifically, he's uh he's a very frugal kind of guy. He's, he's, he has a lot of power, but he's very low key. Like you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. The the type of uh, old school, you know, grandfather type of thing. So <laughs> so he has a big influence on on, on my personality, pretty much. So it, like I spent a lot of time talking to him, and then uh, in that's in the stuff that he tell me, you know, the, like things like never forget where you came from and stuff like that. And the, you know, doesn't don't let other people know, you know, what 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 you can do or what you have and stuff like that. You know, just keep it low key so nobody will bother you. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Like my, my grandparents would always say that too. My parents were just like, Hey, no, like, you know, keep a low profile. It doesn't matter. Like you don't, don't tell people what you do, how much you make and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's more like a Asian thing. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, we came here when uh, I was about eight, like, um, my dad, uh, got approved to come to Canada. Like, um, he was the first of his uh, five brothers to to uh, show up uh, oh, to get approved. So he didn't really wanted to leave because we were pretty well off, and uh, he didn't want to go. But because he got approved, he has he has to come. Like it's more of a like a family face thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, you know, Asians yeah. always want face wherever he was the first to get approved, and he just have to do it. So he he pretty well like gave gave up all all his stuff. Uh, he he left uh, and we took us. We came to Canada. Uh, we actually at first arrived in Vancouver, and then uh, spent some time with family. And then uh, <laughs> we we couldn't speak English, so like we we didn't know. We we read the date on the on the on the tickets wrong. We actually had to buy our tickets again. <laughs> uh, anyways, by by the time we got uh, here on the East Coast, like uh, with the exchange rate and then at the time, like the plane tickets were pretty expensive. So like by the time we got here, like a lot of our money's been depreciated to uh, like barely anything. So oh. so like it, it was kind of tough growing up because we didn't have uh, that. We went from being very well off, having everything we want to pretty well having nothing, right? When we came here. So that this was in the early nineties. So at the time, like, you know, when you have the chance to go somewhere else that they just kind of do it, they just kind of leave everything and just kind of left and, 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 you know, went right. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, it like, I, I found it pretty rough growing up here. Cause it, it's all white 
town, right? Mm-hmm. We were the only Asians here. Obviously, that's a pretty good target for bullying, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, in going like we went to school, it was um, I was the only kid, like Asian kid in school, right? So obviously they try to pick on me, but uh, I grew up in China, like like fighting. We grew up fighting, so you know, <laughs> it was a bad idea for them, <laughs> right? So yeah, but uh, actually I I grew like we all the people that I fought when I was a kid were friends now, so we kind of like earned the respect that way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so a lot of that happened actually. We we grew up with not much money because my. My, my dad, like, we, we work in a restaurant. Like, my aunt and uncle own the restaurant that I own right now. But uh, my, my parents uh, work here when they first came. So they, they went from business owners to now, you know, cooking and doing these long 15 hours a day, six days a week type of thing, right, for barely any type of pay because, like, you know, you at the time they pretty well take a good advantage of people that just coming through, like, mm-hmm. uh, to Canada or whatever, so. But anyway, um, it, it taught me a lot of different things, though, uh, like because my parents were never home, like I have to take responsibility with me and my brother. So so I have to learn how to do everything myself. Right. So and plus, we when I went to school, we like my, kids would make fun of me or what I eat because <laughs> my mom would make all these weird stuff for me to go to school. And like, so I just kind of like chuck up my lunch before I go to school. So I wasn't really eating. <laughs> <laughs> That's so right? funny because I have a similar experience <laughs> like that, too. So yeah. like I would go to school and then my parents would pack me this like canteen. Right. And yeah. it'd be like fried rice or like chow mein or something mm-hmm. inside there. And yeah. you open it up. It doesn't. Sometimes it smells good, but most of the time it just looks funny, right? And then everyone yeah, be yeah. like, "What is that?" And you're just like, <laughs> "Have you tried it?" And then once you tr- once they tried it, everyone was like, "I was actually selling my mom's lunch." <laughs> so I was selling my lunch for like pizza or subs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like um, because of that, actually, it's kind of funny for me. Like um, at the time, like pug. I don't know if you Pogs, know. Yeah, pugs, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was really popular back then right so yeah. I, I was actually really good at playing games so like uh i, I actually used to beat the kids playing pogs and then i would sell it back to them <laughs> for their lunch money <laughs> and that's how i pretty well eat at school <laughs> right so yeah that's so good. yeah i kind of grew up doing stuff like that like hustling uh on yeah. the side because we had no money my parents didn't really give me money to to like do stuff at school mm-hmm. uh like when i got to middle school i was actually on the varsity basketball team i was just starting lineup so it's kind of really weird because I'm I'm like five feet seven and I'm guarding these six feet guys. I'm a power forward, so I'm guarding these <laughs> six feet guys. And, and I'm on the starting lineup. Like I don't know what the coach was thinking, but anyway, like uh, I, I used to play, and then uh, I would have no money to pay for like the the the, the fee to be on the course, and I, I didn't have any money to like uh, buy the uh, jerseys and stuff like that. So uh, I was actually really lucky. My coach was really good to me, so he he actually. Uh, uh, help pay for it by helping him doing like all these other things. I right? mm-hmm. help him like set up the gym and and you know do do cleaning and stuff like that after practice and stuff like that. And uh, I actually um, start uh, because my 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 aunt and uncle own the restaurant. I, I asked them if I could buy like boxes of fortune cookies. I went to school and actually start selling it. And actually that paid for like uh, my hotels for for the basketball trips and and like for the food and stuff like that. Oh. So. 
yeah, so that uh, that I get to play like basketball stuff for that uh, in middle school. But but once I got to high school though, I, I the, even the coach like wanted me to continue playing. I couldn't play because my parents actually forced me to go to work. So like at that point, that's when I realized you know I, I don't want to do this ever again. I just want to be able to make money and 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 uh, you know do the stuff I wanted to do, right? So I started actually. Um, Hustling. I'm really good with computer stuff like back in the day. So I was early adopted to computers. I my 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 dad actually won the lottery one time. Like he got like super seven at the time. Six out of seven numbers. So he he used oh. the winnings to to uh buy me like a computer. So that's how I got really good at playing with computers. And uh, you know, I I I actually start um starting these uh online businesses doing affiliate marketing. <laughs> so so that's why I, I always like try to Give people I feel the legs is because I yeah, yeah. I, it's because I, I started doing that stuff like back back in like uh, early two thousands right so it's okay <laughs> so let's okay I'm gonna I'm gonna there's a there's a lot there so let's yeah. let's uh, try to pick something apart so um your childhood was uh it was challenging with money and 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 going through kind of uh, what like I think most immigrants go through coming to Canada, uh, very similar to story to my parents and kind of in that sense. Um, did I tell you that my, my dad's actually was in the restaurant industry as well? Oh yeah. 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 So I, I kind of, what you're saying, I, I know I can, I can resonate a lot with that. So, um, so you get into this, uh, computer side, right? So you start learning about computers, affiliate marketing, online businesses. I remember you telling me about this, and making websites, right? And creating that traffic and lead gen stuff. And at some point, you you get into you get into the stock market, right? Because mm-hmm. like I know you as Eddie the trader, but Eddie the stock market expert. So how did you go from affiliate marketing, online stuff, computers, and then like how did you find the stock market? Uh, actually, like my uncle was already really successful investing, so okay. he was telling my dad to open an account and start investing. And but my dad doesn't speak English and he doesn't know how to read any of this stuff, so he told me how to do it for him, and that's how I got into it. Um, I think uh, my 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 uncle used to get like these newsletters from fax machines. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny. I would be in his office. I see like these fax coming through. It's all like buy this stock. This is it does this and this and like these are your potential profits and stuff. And I said that looks like a scam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, but anyway, like he he was. Um, like he's been investing for a while, so he's been buying stuff and he was making money doing that. So he kind of told some like, you know, tips uh, to my uh, dad uh, what you buy. But like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So but we were very frugal. So we we save everything we make and we kind of just invest it. So he at the time, he I think he uh, we, we started in I think it was 1999, uh, just before the tech crash. So. He was buying some of the stuff that my uncle was buying. Then he asked me like, "What, what I, sh- what he should buy?" And I was like, well, "I don't know. I like computers, like you know, Microsoft. You know, <laughs> at the time it was like after ATI is like, um, it's like AMD bought them out. So at the time it's called ATI." It's a graphics card maker. So like uh, I, I did a little gaming. So I liked the graphics card company because right. it was more 
it was a better quality graphics card. So it was bought by an ATI and then it was all these little computer names. And I was like, well, we, we use this bank. Why don't we buy that bank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything. Right. So he, he made a little bit of money. And then, um, actually, I actually remember my uncle telling me like, try to teach me a little bit of moving averages. Like when this cross this, you buy. And when he does this, you sell as like, small things like that like at the time uh, this was like probably early 2000s when when he started te- teaching me this stuff so so he was teaching you technicals first rather than fundamentals i think that's the only technical he knew oh okay 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 <laughs> so it was just the moving averages i think he read a book and then he just kind of start doing it and uh yeah but i think back then too like technicals work really well because it's it's more um uh, it's less sophisticated as it is now. Uh, so like back then, you know, when the moving averages cross, it, it actually trends in that direction, whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it was doing well. And, uh, we, we did kind of got a little bit lucky. Um, uh, like uh, we made some money with the tech bubble. So, and then, um, kind of lost half of that when when the tech crash mm-hmm. so well because we, my dad bought nortel and everybody oh. bought nortel back in the day so it, <laughs> he, he kind of lost like uh all of what he ever owned in nortel so yeah it's kind of funny yeah yeah i i I, I know some people that lost a big chunk of big chunk of change on nortel so yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right cool so i guess um for people listening, right, they might not know about like what technical analysis is and, you know, t- technical analysis, uh, and, and you can correct me here, but technical analysis differs from fundamentals uh, quite a bit. And technicals is you're just using chart patterns, different um, things on the actual chart itself to give you an indication of when to enter, when to exit, uh, things like that versus like fundamentals are based on you know, quantitative things of the actual uh, business, like qualitative things. So right. the business fundamentals, are they making money? Are they profitable? Do they have a lot of debt? So um, very different from investing to like trading. So yeah, uh, it sound, was this buy and hold stuff? Like, was this a lot of just buying? Oh, yeah, hold? yeah. Okay. I only know how to buy and hold back then. Okay. I only started trading technicals after 2008, really, because it, it was working, right? So at the time, it was working. Like, we, we were investing in banks, like uh, tech stocks. And then when the tech uh, blew up, we got into oil stocks. And that's actually how we bought, ended up buying the restaurant because it's definitely not from our salary. My dad was making only a few hundred dollars a week. So, yeah. <laughs> but he, he made enough money in oil oil stocks because oil pretty well 10x right uh, uh at that time so he sold like a lot of his stocks and he ended up putting a down payment uh and buying the restaurant that my uncle had he, now, did your my, dad sorry did your dad uh at that time or yourself you and your dad like did you guys did you guys dollar cost, cost average over time or was it just like big chunks at a time like, yeah he just puts his entire paycheck into it. So I oh. guess that's dollar cost averaging. <laughs> so he was just like, you know, he just put everything we make, we just kind of put it in there. So, okay. yeah. So that's what uh, we did. And, you know, but over time we just kind of save up a bunch of money and he was actually making a return as well. So it just kind of uh, adds up over the time. So uh, we, we were working for them for about 10 years before we actually bought the restaurant. Mm. So at that time, like we, we pretty well put uh, every penny into it because it definitely wasn't into food because we weren't eating. We were, I eat a lot of spam back in the day. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, spam, spam is amazing. So I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. So cool. Okay. All right. So a lot of buy and hold stuff, dollar cost averaging, which I think over the long term can be really good for a lot of people and their strategy um, and your temperament. So 2008 comes around, tech crash, right? Um, uh, sorry, not no, 2008 was the uh, housing bubble crash. So then how did you get started in trading itself? Yeah. Because- so funny story in 2008, I actually got married for the first time in 2008. I was oh, okay. 22. I went to China. I went, I got married. By the time I came back, I lost half my account. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I was value investing. So obviously, I had a lot of banks, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, I I bought mostly U.S. because uh, obviously in Canada there wasn't a lot of things to trade with. What's what's so, value investing? Just so that. Maybe so we can value explain. investing is based on what the corporation's uh, uh, financials. So yeah. if like. At the time, I, I learned, I, I read a little bit about Warren Buffett and how he invests and stuff like that. So he was pretty well my first um, mentor, I should say, from a book yeah. uh, that I learned from. So it's a lot about reading the financials to see if the stocks are cheap to buy. So, you know, obviously banks are very uh, into that category of value investing. Um, and then when 2008 happened, like when Lehman Brothers went from 100 dollars down to like you know 15 20 bucks i looked at it said there's no way this bank's going bankrupt it's 100 years old there's no way it's going to go bankrupt (laughs) how wrong was i yeah yeah i think (laughs) a lot of people were wrong too (laughs) yeah so at the time i was like it's trading out like below book value and all this junk and i was like well i think i'm going to put like half my money into this because if this recovers i'm going to make a ton of money right i thought this was my gateway to you know to you know finally not needed needed to uh work it so hard for my money or whatever so uh when you know it it went bankrupt so i i lost all that money and i also bought like countrywide which at the time was one of the biggest uh, uh, mortgage brokers out there and and you know i i didn't like at the time seem thinking i was like uh, the all the numbers like proves to be good and you know there's no way they're going to uh, let like a huge company like this go bankrupt having that thinking was the biggest mistake i ever had because i i save up so much money uh investing i was making so much money i lost it like about 60 percent of my money in 2008 like well 2008 2009 uh, around mm-hmm. that one year period and at that time i i kind of like feel like giving up whatever i just like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> this, this is stupid right Stock and then I, I, rigged, right? yeah it's rigged it's, it, it doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> right so um i actually didn't start you know at the time you know I, uh, google start showing and then you search engine stuff so i was actually reading some books about how about technical analysis and how you can do short-term trading by uh, swing trading uh, at the time. So, so that's how I, I read some books and then I, I did some research on it and saying how these people can make money and they could uh, go go short or long and uh, their short-term. You know, all you do is follow these chart patterns. You do this when this happens. You do this when this happens. I start kind of doing it. Uh, I also like start uh, following this guy that does a lot of technical analysis. Who's that? Uh, some random guy on YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> Worst mistake ever. I, I lost the rest of the money. <laughs> Let's just say that. So, 
<laughs> so there goes like my life savings, right? 2008, 2009, worst <laughs> year <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> yeah. So this guy he was like telling everybody about these fundamental stuff. And he's like, uh, he, he's like, uh, you know, there's no way that the market's going to go up with all these things happening. When you know it, that's the biggest bull cycle that ever started, right? Yeah. 2008. Yeah. And the guy was completely wrong and he dragged everybody else with it. At the time, he was really popular so on YouTube. Oh, it's not Dame, so, Dave Ramsey, right? <laughs> 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 uh, and it's funny because I, I used to uh, get subscribe to drink, uh, Jim Kramer as well. Oh, and, Kramer. And yeah. I, I made no money. I lost money, just so you know. I lost money. I think- the, the joke, uh, but the joke. I, I think if you held it long enough, you would have made money. But I, I was following him, and I was like in, in – in desperate need of making my money back right so i was doing all i was trying to like look for these descriptions of experts that were in the field and just kind of follow their trades and, and maybe i'll make my money back type of thinking right like a typical newbie obviously yeah. right so i at the time i had like very little knowledge i have some knowledge but not enough to really understand what's happening type of thing so it was a really bad mistake for me to like put all my money into somebody else's idea without understanding it Mm. Right. So it, like I, I I did really, really bad between 2008 and 2010. So like I, I lost a like, majority of my money that I've been saving like my entire life. So I, I was doing really, really well. Uh, so I was like up there where it's close to I don't need to work ever again and then lose it all. <laughs> right. So it, it was really devastating. And um, I actually spent a lot of time learning uh, about technical analysis. I actually read quite a bit of books started off with like the dummy books and then mm-hmm. i kind of did a little bit more research and started finding people on youtube and and uh and stuff like that and over the years i learned a lot of different things and then uh finally i started training again and then something else happened i i ended up getting a divorce later on so that yeah. I, I took a few years off actually end up uh doing other stuff with the money I had left. So I, I bought a bunch of franchises and Ashen went bankrupt. So, <laughs> so he was, it was from bad to worse. So oh. it was, <laughs> it was really bad, but the only good thing that came out of that, uh, those, uh, that, that five to six year time frame is that I actually learned a lot about technical analysis. So I have a lot of knowledge, but at the time I had no money left. <laughs> and by that time, uh, this is uh, something I want to tell everybody. Don't put your money into trading until you fully understand what you're doing, because that's the mistake I did. And I lost it all. And by the time I realized I know what to do, I had no money left to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So and, and at the time, I know nothing about options. Just so you know, it's all shares okay. uh, and it's all trading. So to come back from making that to to have no money and start over again to try to get back where I was at, it's technically impossible to do with shares. Yeah. Right. Because I lost a lot of money at the time. So there's no way you can make it back in, in that time frame. Right. Yeah. So um, in one thing that did come out, I got really, really lucky is actually I, I did stumble upon uh, options and uh, I, I, I did got uh, back into trading after a while. I asked my parents to borrow a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and they actually gave it to me. So I was like, yes. Thanks, uh, mom. Thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually start uh, at the time um, we was uh, having some rumor talks of legalization. So I got really, really lucky. I, I bought like, it. Oh, this is weed like marijuana, right? Marijuana. Yeah. So, oh yeah. In Canada. Uh, back, back, yeah, back, back in the day. Okay. Yeah, so this is uh how many years ago now? Like maybe five or six or seven. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's the same time I start uh, learning about options too. I didn't actually trade it. 
Um, I, I started trading options and actually lost money on it. Uh, I, I did a little bit. I, I started a small account. And I did it um, about a month or so and I lost the account. I blew it up and I was like, yeah, uh, what what the hell is options? It doesn't work. <laughs> it was like, I was right, but I was losing money still. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know what theta was. I didn't know it decays and all that stuff. So this is this like- damn stock tip. market is rigged. Yeah, it's all rigged. <laughs> yeah, so okay, this is so... like all starting out, you know, the typical newbie into options. That's the exact same thing. So, so I was thinking uh, like options was like shares where you buy and then if it goes up, you make money. But I bought, it went up, but I lost money because it didn't go up fast enough, <laughs> right? So, so what's okay? What's the difference? So shares, shares. I mean, for anyone that's listening and just thinking about the kind of they have, you know, just a basic understanding of the stock market. Like, I go in into my trading account or my investing account. I buy one share of Apple for whatever hundred and forty bucks, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I own one share, and to trade Apple, you would buy X amount of shares and as much if it moves a dollar you get a dollar right yeah it's pretty straightforward for that mm-hmm. with options what how would you explain options to someone that never heard of options yeah so options only give you the right to own the shares yeah so if say apple was trading a hundred dollars you buy the option a hundred dollars but you have to pay a premium for the uh, option to buy the stock. So say I bought it at $100, but you have to pay, say, $20 for the time frame, say six months. Mm-hmm. And in those six months, every single day that you pay that option for, it decays. It loses value unless the stock goes up. And that means if you bought the option $100, but you pay $20 for it, you're paying a 20% premium. And then that means you have to uh, it has to go up $120 in the six months to break even, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. if even if you went up from 100 to say $115, in those six months it didn't reach 120, it loses value completely. So yep. you actually lost money even though you went up $15 per share. Yeah. So it's basically yeah, like you said, it's you're buying a contract, a future contract to say I get the right to purchase this at a set price. But I'm paying a small amount. Like I'm paying, what do we, what would we call it? It's not insurance, but I'm paying like premium. Uh, it's like a yeah, premium a deposit. It's almost like a deposit, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Um. And with the stock market, where you know when I learned about the stock market, it was always about okay, well, buy, hold, let for the long run, right? The bull run over over time, you're expecting the market to go up. Never did I know that you could actually you could actually make money on both sides of the market, whether it goes up or whether it goes down, right? That's right. So in that sense, with shares or options, can you do both sides? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. So it's not uh, just limited it, it's to shares. To- um, the, the one thing that you should know is when you're shorting shares, you actually have to pay a borrowing cost. Uh, so whatever the cost that they choose to make, uh, is what you have to pay. So sometimes when, say, during the uh, the big meme stock, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. If you're shorting GameStop, you actually pay a very hefty premium, sometimes 300% interest oh, wow. on the stock. So when you're shorting, if it doesn't drop right away, you actually lose money just by holding. So that's one thing you need to be careful with because I didn't know that. So I was shorting some marijuana stocks and i actually end up losing a ton of money at this one trade because 
um, this stock named Tilray at the time went up to three hundred dollars. I was like, "There's no way it's worth three hundred dollars. It's worth shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my language. So it's worth nothing, right? But I shorted at three hundred dollars, thinking that I was being smart. But the borrowing cost was three hundred percent. It did not go down till later on, <laughs> after I lost a bunch of money and I got margin called on that account, and I have to get rid of it just to meet with margin because. Even though it went down shortly after, if I held it any longer, I would have lost money every single day. Because you're paying right. interest, essentially. Interest on, yep. on on what the borrowing cost is for yep. the stock. So this is where options comes in handy. Because if you want a shorter stock, it's way easier to short it with options. But by the put, you pay a premium for it. But if it actually does drop, uh, your premium actually expands. So you make more money as it uh, continues to go in the money with the uh, with the stock, right. so it asks you way easier to short a stock um, by buying a put rather than shorting the actual stock, right? Especially a meme stock where where like interest rates just go skyrocket because there's it's unpredictable which direction it's gonna go, yeah. right? So so I mean like for a typical stock you can definitely short it because it, it's under normal circumstances you can short a stock even though there's boring costs as long as it goes down you make money. Right. But what like these big meme stocks where interest is so high, it's not worth shorting the actual stock, but it's better to even buying a put is bad. Uh, you, you pretty well to like either sell uh, 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 like a bear credit spread or buying a, a put debit spread where you buy one and sell one where where the decay happens on both strikes yep. so that if it does decay, you actually decay on both strikes. So you're not losing that bad. But okay. if it goes in your direction, you still make money, right? Yeah. So let's. So okay, um, a lot there. So if every, if you're listening <laughs> and you're trying, you're wondering what's the spread, what's a put, what's a decay, and you know what's what's all this stuff Eddie's talking about. This is part of the um, understanding of if you want to um, if you want to trade or even work with options. There's a lot more. Uh, to understand than just literally simply buying a share. Um, so we won't go into so much detail here because I think that would be like another hour conversation. <laughs> if anything, it would be it would be a lesson. So um, uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> but um, let, let me just say this: um, if you are just starting out, don't touch awesomes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good it's, it's basically for um, people that's been trading for a long time. Mm -hmm. And even professionals do not touch options because it's very complicated product. Um, it's more at the end game versus at the beginning start. Because if you, yeah, there's, I know there's a lot of courses that teach newbies how to sell options. It's the worst mistake you ever do if you don't understand it. <laughs> so, okay. All right. I'm going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to make this a bit spicy. Okay. So um, you, you go through a lot of tuition. It sounds like, you know, just like a lot of people, you go through tuition by making a lot of mistakes and learning from them, right? And really kind of now figuring out, oh, okay, I shouldn't do that because because that happened, right? And then now you know, okay, I, I won't do that again. So at some point, you know, you start trading, uh, you got the the weed thing, you, you got options now. And, you know, let's say I'm going to fast forward to like 2020, right? where you, we have this, you know, you're trading already, you found options, um, and this meme period comes around, right? Option, you know, COVID hits, you know, 
stocks go crazy cheap and then everyone's at home and everyone's on Instagram, everyone's on YouTube and everyone figures, oh, I can make money sell, buying or selling options. Why do you think that was such a popular thing? And like, why do you think all of a sudden people just got into like options trading? Yeah, like literally in the 20 years I've been trading, that was the biggest bull market ever in one year. Yeah. That was literally like a decade's worth of uh, action in one year. So everything you buy turns to gold because it went straight up, like literally straight up for a full year. Like anything you buy, if you lose money in 2020, you must be really, really bad at trading because you literally pick a random stock and you make money. Yeah, <laughs> so, even buying and holding. I could have, you could have bought anything. It just, it would have went up. Yeah, I mean, I was making like, this is just conversation. I was making about 300% a month. Like my I, yeah, account's I, not 300% a month, 200 to 300% a month selling options, but I was doing mostly spreads. Um, I was also going directionally. So it was like crazy money. Like I, I seen, like we, we have months, I mean weeks where you can sell uh, a strangle, which is selling a put option and a call option at the same time you own a stock and make 30% for that week just by selling that. And that was Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the growth names, right? So we were doing that as well as buying the stock. And like, this is insane money. Like I had never seen a market where it was so easy to get rich in one in a year ever. Like that was, that was the craziest year I ever traded in in trading whatsoever it, it was it was like 2008 on fire that's what it was it was like like if you were short in 2008 you made a ton of money but in 2020 if you were bullish on anything at all you would have been rich that one year yeah, yeah. and i think that the worst thing is all these beginners that know nothing about stocks all of a sudden selling options and they were printing money and they yeah. think this was their life-changing moment and then 2021 happened <laughs> yeah well here's the thing right here here's where i want to make it spicy because yeah there were a lot of courses that came out and granted like that 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 was part of where there was a lot of allure right i i would say that i would hear these stories and it's not because of oh i wanted to like well let's be real yeah everyone wants to make a lot of money mm -hmm. but you hear about these things and I knew that it was like, okay, what's, what's an option? Like, what, what are we doing with options? Right. And, yep. you know, some people were selling courses about like, this is an easy way to do it. And what I found in terms of me, like, I know what the stock market is. I kind of already have some basic understanding. And when I was looking at it from the outside, it was this every, like you were mentioning, right, Eddie, everyone thought it would just keep going up, 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 up. And, up, up, up. and it was like um it's exactly it was just like the real estate industry too everyone thought real estate would just keep going up 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 up, up right mm -hmm. without any correction or anything like that so it, it's nuts to see that psychology in people that whether it's newbies or even experienced people like if it's going on a bull run you know you're gonna try to ride this bull run as long as possible but you know then you're mentioning 2021 comes around and obviously things start changing Right. And you were advising, hold on a second, the, the market is turning over, right? From a technical standpoint <laughs> and just economically, right? We thought like, what's going on? And you were like, I'm going cash. I'm going to go heavy cash here. 
right? What gave you that? Like, what told you to say, I'm going cash when everyone was like, no, no, keep buying. Yeah. So uh, something changed in 2021. So where growth themes were skyrocketing up. Yeah. And then the market was skyrocketing up. And then all of a sudden, the growth themes start tanking while the market is staying up. So that tells me that the risk is off. There's still room to run, but it was all in the big seven and not the rest of the market. The rest of the market was tanking already in a bear market while S&P 500 was, start making, was still making highs. And there was a huge divergence there where the risk was off, but everybody was still buying the market to go up by putting their money on the big seven. So the when that happens, it usually means it's the end of a bull cycle because when, when the end of bull cycle, the first thing that goes is the growth names. Mm-hmm. Names that make no money, obviously. They they make no literally they make no money. Yeah. <laughs> the stock just keep going up because all these people were just buying it to go up. And like ARC got famous because of that. Uh because uh ARC everything just went straight up because all they had was heavy high growth names. Yeah, what's went, ARC? Um, what's what's ARC? ARC ETF, like uh Kathy Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Kathy Woods is <laughs> she, a she, yeah. <laughs> whatever opinion, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever opinion you have of Kathy, Google Kathy Woods. But you know, in some in some worlds, like she's uh, she she's quite renowned in terms of being a female uh, hedge. Is she a hedge fund manager or basically a, well, a fund, fund manager. manager? Yeah, fund manager, right? Um, very uh, forward thinking, uh, bullish on technology. But her her ETF is essentially all of these high growth names, right? No profitability, but potential for big 10x, you know, mm-hmm. 50x home runs. Um, and and yeah, exactly what Eddie was saying. Like our, all the ARC names were were just skyrocketing. So do you think, was is that a result of the retail trailer, uh, traders? So because all of a sudden, like, you know, there was a period where from, you know, 2020 to 2021, there's a huge flood of retail traders. Yeah. Versus so the smart it, money, right? The big it, institution money. It was a um, uh, variation of a bunch of things. Uh, one, everybody was getting free money from the government. Yeah. So everybody, where was everybody putting all the money in the stock market? Because that's everything that was, that was generating income, right? So there was a lot of retail money going into the stock market with this free money. And they're basically buying everything that uh, at the time, same time, there's a lot of these YouTubers just keep promoting these stocks that literally makes no money. And... Um, they just buy everything they say. And um, at the time, like literally you could buy these names where they're trading at like a thousand times earnings <laughs> or, or a thousand times uh, their sales. Like, you know, it was just insane where that the the type of returns that you can get from these like names that obviously does not exist. Uh, I'll say one of the names that I, 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 I've been bought and got trapped into was NNDM. Right, so uh, 3D dimensions. They like I thought the technology was good, but they have absolutely no revenue. Right, yeah. they were trading at multi-billion-dollar valuations with say ten million dollars of revenue, where it's just absolutely insane. Where a lot of these things were making absolutely no money, but they just skyrocket high. And I knew that. 
because I, I'm a value investor at the time. So I, I knew exactly what is doing is just basically a momentum, a momentum play of uh, whatever. So and I've seen these cycles many, many times because I, I, I traded the uranium uh, um, big pop and I traded the solar big pop and I traded, you know, the wee big pop where a lot of these names get inflated by um rumors by momentum by by a lot of like uh uh you know s- speculation i should say mm-hmm. right news so right. Yeah. yeah so 2020 was the year of speculation everything that you think is the future becomes money right so we're, we're in like laser stocks we're in 3d printing stocks we were in you know bitcoin stocks we were in like you know you can name it we're in it we were actually we even tried to GameStop and amc right yeah. where, where some people just made millions off right including one of my students so you know which which by the way we interviewed on an earlier episode ron yeah. Esteban. shout out to ron yeah yeah so it was funny i i remember ron like messaging me say look at this and i'm like look at it what the I you know, know i, know. I, I was like wow i say sell it right now no, and he didn't obviously but uh anyways he, he learned from that <laughs> right but uh anyway he, he had, like yeah this is stuff was happening in 2020 where all these stocks were just gone insane and it absolutely made zero sense but because i was a technical now uh, uh trader i don't care the only thing i care about is the momentum once the momentum stops that's the end of the game you get out right so in 2020 when all the growth teams start coming down and they were falling hard right while uh, the big seven is still rising i was like this this doesn't feel right like i was trading uh in i think it was november of 2021 or or 2020 where i was like this doesn't feel right because all these stocks are coming down now the index is still going up it makes no sense like this is something's changing I took a 30% drawdown at that point, which was still very, very high. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling something big is coming because all these things are uh, that was working is no longer working because all these setups that we had, all these breakout setups. But now every single time we have a setup, it breaks down. And I was like, it, it's starting to change. Like I, I traded enough times to see this coming, um, especially in, after 2008 and, uh, and, and then um, at the, the few different cycles of growth themes. Uh, and I was like, I, I recognize this pattern and this is it. This is like, it's going the other direction. Now I'm going out and uh, see you later. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, I'm going all cash and then uh, I'll see what happens. So in 2021, the bigger names, they were really, really expensive at the time. Like some of them, like Tesla, Amazon, they were at thousands of dollars a stock. And I was just like, I don't really want to touch this because it's so expensive uh, to trade with. Right. So I, I didn't touch that kind of stuff. I just kind of went all cash. And at the same time, I was learning about, uh, I was doing like zero DTE, means zero dated uh, expiration dates option trading i'm gonna test this scenario uh and and i did day trading and i i found it it worked quite well because i was making the type of returns i would make on a monthly basis in the day because uh the 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 price movement but again (laughs) this was trading stocks yeah yeah. it's very very different than trading options it was trading stocks so uh i i was like well uh Combining what I know with technical analysis, combining what I know with options, maybe I should try this out and see what happens. So I, I started off with a small account, $20,000. On the side note, I, I did blow up like two small accounts uh, selling options. 
And I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I, I can't do it. <laughs> I thought we, I learned, like, I thought we learned no that way. from the 2008 no, no. period. <laughs> <laughs> that's not for me. <laughs> right? So uh, that's when I started trying like this directional method where I was actually buying it directionally. But at the time, like um, the VIX, which is the volatility index, it was extremely high. It was very, very expensive. Um, and I was buying like these other money options uh, for like 5 $6 uh per option, which equals to about five, $600 uh, per contract. And I was trading these on a $25,000 account. And I was like, holy crap, like it, it's swinging a hundred points. And I'm turning these $5 into like, you know, 10, 15, $20 in a day. I was like, yeah. in that day, that's like a year in trading stocks. And I, I was like, wow. I was like, this is completely awesome. And um, I started doing that. And and I was like turning this $20,000 account into a six-figure account. I was like, this is absolutely insane. It's been a what month. What time frame was this? Oh, okay. All right. What, yeah. In a month. I, I was like, like, this is insane returns. I was like, uh, like, is this for real or is this like something that's just very specific because the the volatility we're in? So I just kept doing it for the year. And it, it just, I haven't gone back since. I was like... This is like absolutely insane. The type of returns I'm getting doing this. Why isn't anybody teaching this or doing this? Like hmm. this is crazy. Like okay, there's a lot there. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back a little bit in terms yeah. of some of those things that you're mentioning. So, um, because uh, of the volatility, um, which means like the market is like going up and down. So you might have heard the the news like, oh, S and P goes down like four percent or whatever, and it's like you have no idea what that means, right? It with no context, but what it means. If you look at a at a stock chart, it looks like a bunch of lines going up and down, right? There's all these movements within, right? So they call it intraday, intraday movements, right? Um, where Eddie's capitalizing on those directions using the technical analysis, using how he interprets the charts, right? All these things on the charts, Which and is- Eddie was capitalizing on that, and um, that's where a lot of money can be made, but. On the swing side, there's a lot of money that can be lost, right? If you don't know what you're doing. Okay, I want to ask, what was the, in a figure amount, you don't have to give me the number, but what was the biggest day you had? I know what it is, okay? But I'm asking, what was the biggest day you had uh, ever doing options trading? Yeah, there was a seven-figure day there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it gave me a heart attack, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> like I, 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 I had to step away for a second and then I had to go back. Say, is this really happening? Like it, it was like you know, it, it was just insane. Like it was a hundred point swing, right? So it, it was just crazy. Like it was absolutely ten x, ten x. I haven't seen a twenty x like in the day before in my life till then. <laughs> Like it was just, it was like absolutely insane. The biggest reversal I ever seen. It was like from red to, it was a red to green day in the daily, but a hundred point range. (laughs) And options were like dirt cheap. (laughs) Like it's. So here's the thing, right? So so let's say I bought one contract for $500. That 10X, so that 10X turns into what? 5,000, right? If you now add an extra zero to the amount of contracts you add and another zero or whatever, now you can kind of understand the math. That's how it got so big, right? So for the amount of money he was putting in, like he wasn't buying 
seven figures worth of shares. He was buying, you know, maybe five, what, five <laughs> figures, yeah. right, yeah. to get you seven figures. So that's kind of how crazy options is. But and I want to bring back of like it gets really risky, right? And with the newbies in the market, um, uh, there's a lot of Discord channels. Like I found that there were so many Discord channels where people were just like signing up because of the allure of options, right? The return, like you were mentioning, mm -hmm. like you yourself never saw something like this, but you experienced it because you have the experience of understanding how to trade properly. Mm -hmm. So all these people coming in and saying, I'm just going to follow someone. I'm just going to blindly follow someone without learning. Just tell me what to buy and then I'm going to make the same returns. You know, we know that's that's a bad thing to, to do. Mm -hmm. And if you were a newbie, what would you do? Like you have yeah. we've gone through all this. What would you do if you were a newbie and you wanted to get into trading? As a beginner, I would look for somebody that has trading experience. And like I did the same thing. I went from um, learning from on YouTube in books to actually getting an actual mentor. So I, I actually looked for people that were trained professionally and, and got them to mentor me what the market's all about because there's a lot of things that YouTube video just does not teach you. It does yeah. not teach you how to lose, right? They only teach you how to make the easy money, but they don't know they don't tell you what to do when it's going against you. Right. So and that's the most important part about trading. It's not all about winning, is knowing how to lose properly because you can't win all the time. There's no way you can make 100% wins. Like, never. If you can, like, restrict your losses to a minimum, but let your winners run, you make money. That's how the market works. So majority of people, like, they lose money in the markets is because they don't know how to lose properly. Mm -hmm. Right. They would make, like, 10 trades. They, they could win eight, but they'll lose their entire account on two trades. Yeah, that's how bad it can get because they have no idea what to do when when things are going against them. They just like, oh, this should be working. It should, but it doesn't always. <laughs> the, the market is irrational. <laughs> the market right? does not work that way, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so it's on those times when you're losing. If you can cut them fast enough, you'll make money over time. But if you don't cut your losses fast enough, you'll lose money just on one or two losers. That's it. Like, yeah. there's no way to change that. Like, I like I was. Going back to 2008, I was making money for like eight years and I lost it all in one year. Like that's how bad it can get. If you don't know what to do when it's going against you, then that's it. That's the end of the game. Like, you know, a lot of people, they, they put their life savings into trading and then they don't manage the risk and then they lose it all. So it's very hard to come back from big, big loss. That's why it's so important to manage your losses when you still can and learn how to do that at the beginning stages of your career. Because if you don't do that, you'll never be successful at trading. That's why 95% of people don't make money in trading. They don't understand the rules of the game, right? So risk so, mitigation is the most important thing, in your opinion, for any new trader to, to, to work on. Yes, because you could be really bad at trading, but if you're really, really good at managing risk, you can still make money. Yeah, right. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. over time, the market does go up. But yeah. if you let those bad years uh, come get you and you don't take that loss when you're supposed to, you'll never make money in your entire uh, uh, trading career so you know it's it's the you know that's the things that they don't teach you they don't teach you how to be a loser they teach you how to be winners 
right? But losing is the most important thing about trading is because that's what makes you or break you in trading. So, yeah, and that's I think that's really um, it, it. Really, kind of goes back to you know, almost part of like your life lessons, right? Where it felt like there was a lot of losing earlier on in in your story. And that well, I think that's everybody's story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never met a real trader that never lost all their money first. Agreed. <laughs> so. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that's, that's almost part of like life tuition, right? Like you go through all these failures and these losses that like you have to, eventually you have to, and that time will come, I think. And whether it's a small amount or a big amount, I think we all go through it. Like, um, and like you said, managing it is kind of what helps people keep afloat, right? Just like a business, right? Um, right. So if um, the, you know, the mindset is the big part too, but as a beginner, like there's so many different tools to use, right? So it, do you have like favorite indicators you would use? Like what three indicators would, would you use? Like if you're a completely newbie, I would learn about levels, support and demand levels and using volume to confirm the levels and then uh, trend it with the price. Learn how to candlestick works and the price action. Learn how to study price action because when you're technical trading, it's all about price action. It's not like you could not use indicators and still make money by learning how to do price action properly. Uh, one thing that you should learn is the market is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not voodoo. It's Everybody looking at the same thing and doing the exact same thing. That's how market works, yeah. right? So if everybody's looking to buy, I say forty two hundred, then everybody's going to buy forty two hundred. What happens when everybody's buying forty two hundred? All the shorts get squeezed, all the buyers push up, and it just goes straight up from there. That's how it works. That's why supports work. And if everybody's looking at resistance points, like everybody's selling that point, this is where I'm going to take profits. So the Profit takers tell, uh, takes profits at that area. Sellers take uh, start selling, shorting that area. That's obviously the area that the price will get rejected at. Mm -hmm. So if you're really good at reading supply and demand levels, you can make money in the markets. Okay. You can skip all the indicators. They, they, most indicators are delay reactions. Yeah. But if you want to be real-time action, learn price action, learn volume. They speak everything, right? Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so know, I always stress like long-term investing, right? In terms of like some of the things that like a lot of, uh, I guess most people learn about is like buy, hold, like for the long run in terms of building wealth and all this stuff, right? Whether it's real estate or stocks, you know, over the long term, the idea is that companies will continue growing. Companies will continue reinvesting and in, in making revenue right that's the whole idea of capitalism mm -hmm. so as an investor you know like you're mentioning we're, we're we're taught to hold stuff and never get rid of it is does that mentality need a shift if an investor if i if you know let's say i'm coming in with an investor mindset but i mm -hmm. want to learn trading do i have to switch that kind of mindset uh no because like i i still do invest in my long-term accounts like rsps and stuff like that so what I like, it's a completely different system. Uh, what you want to do is which companies do you think that will still be there and still growing in, say, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, or whatever your time frame is? And then you have to find those companies and you invest in it. Now, the easiest thing to do is to just invest in the top 10 companies in the SP 500. Uh, SP 500 averages about 10% a year. 
uh, if you invest only the 10 top 10 stocks, nothing else, you actually can make about 20 or 30% a year mm. based on just the same S&P 500. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, if you apply very simple technical analysis on top of that, you can exponentially increase your returns over the years, right? Because if you can skip every bear market and you're still making the average returns of a normal bull market, bull cycle, just think of the returns, right? Because 10% a year for S&P 500, that's including the bear markets. If you take out the bear markets completely and just doing the bull cycles, your probably average return just on the S&P 500 be 20%, 30%. And then if you include the technical analysis on top of that, you can probably make way more than that. So, you know, it's about combination of investing um, on top of what you can learn with very basic technical analysis, uh, just just to time it properly when to buy, when to sell. And you can like literally double, triple or quadruple your returns with the same mentality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I can attest to that. So like I, 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 that's one thing I, uh, when I first started, it was learning some basics of, of chart and out like chart reading. Cause there's this person I was learning off. They were like, you know, if you can just combine, like you were mentioning just basic, if you can read a chart, it's like the most deadliest combination of investing because you're, you're taking where like you're mentioning supply levels, demand levels, where smart money is buying or selling. Mm-hmm. And you're just adding to your position at, let's say, a good value for a company that's still making money, that has growth, all that stuff. Just mm-hmm. it, like you said, it's self-fulfilling at some point. It's just it's going to start going up again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool, cool. So with that, like you were saying timing, right? And I, I hear this a lot, right? Where people are like, you can't time the market. There's no way you can time the market. No one can time the market. So what do you say to that based off of like your experience? You can experience definitely with... time the market. You may not get it exactly, but you'll get it around there. <laughs> okay. So so the way I do it is about sizing it properly uh, to do it. Like, you know, people tell you about averaging into a stock, which is still true. But when do you average into the stock? Mm. It's not about just randomly averaging into the stock. It's about when to average into a stock, right? If it's hidden at demand level, that's the area I want to average into. Um, I, I heard about this guy that my friend I was talking about. Um, he only buys the S&P 500 when he drops 10%. And we he would just hold it until it drops 10% again. And his return is not 10% a year, which uh, S&P 500 averages. His return is about 15 to 20% a year. Because he does this one simple rule. He only buys when it drops 10%. Over what? So, like a day or sorry, like over a no, period of time? over a period of time from oh, the okay. highs. Yeah, yeah. So so instead of just averaging in the same amount per week, per month or whatever, he saves all his money in his bank account. And when the S&P 500 drops 10%, he just buys. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. I never thought about that. But uh, when he mentioned that, I was like, it kind of makes sense <laughs> yeah. to do something like that because you're basically saving yourself 10% from the averaging in on a regular basis versus buying a very strategic time to get into the index. And 
obviously S&P 500 is the index you want to buy into over time because that's the index that makes money in the past 100, 150 years, whatever, right. uh, over 10%, right? So if you just just doing a slight adjustment to the strategy, you can significantly increase your return and still do the exact same thing as what you were taught to do, which is okay. just keep buying, 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 right? So if you time it properly, your returns is completely different than <laughs> randomly buying into a, into the index. So, you know. Okay, cool. Sorry. So um, in terms, uh, I got a few more, a few more questions. Um, so um, timing, timing the market, long-term trading, uh, it seems like a lot of work, right? In terms of learning how to read charts, day trading, from my personal experience, it could be as you know short as 20 minutes 10 minutes it could be as long as all day right and obviously i think a lot of people see it as it's like in and out right oh i'm gonna trade for five minutes i'm gonna make my i'm gonna make my five figures six figures and disappear (laughs) so what would you tell people in terms of like how much time does this really take if i want to make this you know a real thing i want to put in the time but how much time do you, does someone need to like trade for uh, during a day? Is it all day, or if is it just you know? Are you hour? talking about specifically day trading? Yeah, day trading. Okay, so um, it depends on your experience level. Uh, obviously, there's a process to it. Day trading is not easy, although it seems like, but it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, it requires a lot of experience to get to day trading because you really need to recognize charge and price action really, really fast to react to the price so but once you get to that level and you want to make money literally minutes a day uh a trade but the most of the action happens in the first hour in the last hour of the day Mm -hmm. so if you can trade the first hour hour and a half of the day you can make a lot of money most nature only trade the first half an uh, hour and a half i do like the power hour because if there's a setup in power because options are so cheap you can make your substantial gains in very short amount of time. So what I normally do is I trade the first hour. If I make a lot of money, I'll continue trading for the second hour. And then when I make that two hours, whatever return I have, I'll use about 10, 20% of that return to trade power hour. And if I can make it work in the power hour, I can substantially increase my return for the day or I lose that 20%. Mm-hmm which I'm still green for the day. So I, I do have very basic rules that I do for trading. That's one of them. If I make money in the day, in the in the first two hours, I'll apply 10, 20% in power hour for trading. If it, if I lose that amount, I'm done. If yeah. not, I can substantially increase my return. And sometimes in that last hour, that 20% makes two or three times as much as what I made in the morning because of the uh, power reversals. So, you know, because of the options are so cheap, literally you're, you're paying like two or three bucks mm-hmm. for one strike out of the money and they could uh, return five, 10, 20, sometimes X, right? Dependence on the volatility. And if you know how to manage that, you can make substantial amount of money in the past, in the last hour. But that's only if you can make returns in the first two hours. That's my rule. If I don't make any returns in the first two hours, I don't trade power hour. 
So I'm giving up basically 10 or 20% of my profits at the end of the day if I do decide to trade. So that rule came really handy because I, I win like, you know, maybe seven or 10 times. And the t times I do win, I'm winning 2x, 3x, 3x. And when I'm losing, I'm losing that, you know, whatever I put in. So, yeah. it, you know, over time, you make a lot more money than than what you lose. So, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, no, it's it's so it's so amazing because like I think, uh, you know, I, I've experienced what you're what you're talking about. Like base hits lead to like home runs and tr doubles and triples and stuff like that. And it doesn't really take a lot. It just it's a few of those, and it really can change change the outcome of your day, your week, your month, or whatever. And it's like sometimes it's like you you like you see it. You're just like wow. Like everything yeah. you talked about is like oh, it's true. It actually true. So yeah. it's just a matter of like uh, applying lessons, just like in anything in life, right? You got to learn learn the basics, learn fundamentals, and then and apply it over and over again, and then master everything up here, right? Yeah, and just mastering yeah. everything up here. Um, as we kind of ramp down, um, you know, it. I know you as like you know. Hopefully, people are understanding like you know, tr trading is not an easy thing, but it can be it can be very fruitful if you take the time to apply to it right mm. um and you can really kind of create a lifestyle that you really want because like you said i mean it could just be one hour of trading uh and you're done for the day and assuming right. that you know you're consistent and you can make money but outside of just trading i know you're you're more than just you know trading right like no, uh, nowadays it's kind of hard to tell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right. so like you you know you know you 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 um recently had a baby you know many many months ago and you know becoming a father like how's that changed everything for you has, has that kind of changed how, how you look at you know yeah why so, you're doing this uh, and all that stuff yeah so i, I kind of look um before I was trained the full day, so yeah, I was yeah. literally trained everything. I was like everything that moves, I traded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know how I seen I used to make like two, maybe even three hundred trades a day. Yeah. Um, I I scale down to mostly um uh higher higher probability trading, and I hold them for a little bit longer with bigger size. So it, return wise is slightly smaller than before, but it's still really really good, and. You know, I try to not trade the afternoons and spend some more time with my family. So, mm -hmm. you know, with a baby's we her to uh, trade in her time. So, and, and she naps. So, you know, you, you kind of, you know, really try to make some time for that. So what I do is like in the afternoons, I, I try to make every lunch. Um, uh, and I'm able to spend some time with my family, you know, uh, uh, to my wife, having lunch together was really important because I, I tend to skip lunch when I'm trading because a lot of times, you know, at lunchtime, I'm like, uh, you know, let's get some DoorDash and, you know, all that. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, it's funny because we, we go on this banter back and forth on Discord about food. So a big thing about Eddie, Eddie really loves sushi yeah. and living in a small city. Now you live in an official small city. Um, it still doesn't have like sushi, right? So, no, it doesn't. It, it has like rolls, but uh, not sushi. <laughs> yeah, not sashimi or anything like that. So yeah. uh, the funny thing about like Eddie always jokes about having a, a sushi boat, right? So if someone makes a home run, it's like you owe me a sushi boat. So, <laughs> on your sushi boat, what do you like? On my sushi boat, yeah. Um, I I preferably like sashimi, 
So uh, it's just whatever sashimi that I, they make. So usually when I order a boat, they just make whatever. Yeah. But like um, after I went to Japan and then uh, have actual sushi and then compared to what we have here, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, it's completely different. And when you have like fatty turo and stuff like that, yeah. and you have like it cut precisely the way it should be taste is just not the same so yeah. <laughs> but you know uh, you have to work with what you have <laughs> yeah 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 no it's so true like i remember going to japan and my friend was saying yeah what you you have you have the salmon there okay or the the, the, the tuna you have tuna and you're like you'll never you'll never try to you'll never find a piece like that even in toronto or vancouver it's never gonna be the same um okay cool so sushi um uh, you obviously know how to cook because a restaurant. What's your favorite thing to cook? If, to if cook, you, yeah. Um, I, I really like braising stuff, so I like like uh, red wine braised with short ribs or oxtail. It's one of my favorite things to do. Ox, um, oxtail. I wouldn't have expected you to make oxtail. Yeah, I, I love oxtail. It's it's the perfect content of meat and fat. <laughs> so like, uh, if I like meat, I, I I love meat and fat combined. So like oxtail, short ribs is kind of my cut, and brisket is like my thing. So I, I really love like braised brisket on on, on noodles. Uh, it, it's one of the, my one of my favorite things to eat. Like on top of sushi is like one of my favorite things to do. So like whenever I go over to Asia, I, I just have to have like all my childhood favorites. So like, you know, like dim sum, beef brisket, uh, noodle soup, and uh, and like uh, <laughs> you know like uh, clay pot rice with brisket and stuff. Oh, like Eddie, that. now you're talking dirty, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like most, majority of people don't know what I'm saying, but you know, it's it's just. If you're Asian, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If if there's one uh, one country like uh, you you like to travel a lot, right? You used to travel yeah. a lot before like this whole like BS of COVID happened and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, where's one country you really want to go visit? Oh, Singapore, absolutely Singapore. Have you been? Like, uh, I, I love street food. So Singapore is like the definition of like perfect street food. There, that's the only country that has like Michelin star street food. Yeah, it, it's it, like Anthony Bourdain like completely changed my mindset on how food should be. So yeah. it's uh, like that. Like I think Singapore is like the place to go. And I re I was supposed to go there like literally that year where COVID happened. I was supposed to go, and then COVID happened. And I couldn't go. Like yeah. I, I'm still like, and now I have a baby, so it's a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's the one place I, I must go and have to have like the food because majority of those people that that's there cooking the food, they've been there for like literally decades cooking that, specializing that one dish, and a lot of them are like. In retirement years, I must go there before they retire. It's so. Generational owners, right? Like they, it's like yeah. the original owners pass down the kids, and now the kids are like trying to build it and modernize it. Yeah, I haven't been to Singapore. My wife has, um, mm-hmm. Jen has, but um, I, I want to try like the Michelin star stalls, like just like you were mentioning, because it just looks yeah. so good. But um, yeah, because uh, you know, I'm I'm not much for fine dining. I like I love my street food because that's where the flavor is. Yeah, like you know, I I, I eat food based on flavor, not based on whatever, <laughs> right? So because I grew up like eating like stuff that that you probably can't find like anymore. Yeah. So it, it to getting those type of flavors back is just uh, like bring back memory lane type thing. So mm-hmm. it's just yeah. Cool. All right. Um, you know, as part of 
part of this conversation we were having earlier and me obviously we getting to know each other you know part of this thing like you you, you trade you can trade and you don't have to trade and, and and you know how to make money off of this right but for a lot of people they still want to learn and one of your goals you were mentioning what was that goal about creating you, you want to mention <laughs> right yeah. so with creating 100 millionaires how 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 do you want to do this is this through courses like would, would you want to do this through courses or yeah what, so like it doesn't matter if it's through courses or not it's just that you know um a lot of people don't have a lot of experience trading so and people do have experience they probably don't think they need like what you teach so it, it's very different like um i like to start people from uh, like fresh because that way they don't have bad habits yeah right because a lot of people that choke courses from other places they have bad habits like including myself because i choke some uh mentor took on some mentors that have really bad habits and and um until i like try to change myself and it takes a really really long time to change the way you trade so but if you start fresh and you are good at uh, obeying rules and following directions and following the process, then obviously my my courses, like you took yourself, are, are the way to go because it speeds up your learning curve substantially. Like what I learned is through trial and error for over two decades. Yeah. Right? Because like back then there's no one that teaches this stuff and they're not teaching you their secrets. They're teaching you the basics. <laughs> right? So like, but now like, uh, you know, there's, uh, and now it's a completely different story. There's too many traders and a lot of them make no money and they don't know how to trade. And I can tell you this by course that you took yourself that mm -hmm. from people that never actually traded themselves. So uh, like to me, like trading is something that, um, uh, like you say, can change your life uh, financially. And anybody can do it. It's just that they need to have that uh, will, that determination and and really put in that effort to do it because like um over just since covid i taught about 300 students and there's only a handful of them that are successful the the idea is the point is that you know a lot of them think that they just should follow what i do and they do it themselves and they think they can make the time of money that i do which is completely wrong because trading is not about that trading about psychology right is about what you are good at, what your mindset and personality is like, and then adopt to what you're given, right? It's not about learning exactly the way I do it. I can teach you the exact way I do it, but if the, if it conflicts with your personality, then you can't do what I do, right? Mm -hmm. You have to really learn about yourself as a trader, where are your strengths and weaknesses, and then learn off that and what type of strategy would work towards your strength versus your weakness oh, i know you're developing <laughs> a, another course um for for this specific thing uh, uh do you want to share maybe something really short about what it's going to be like and if yeah. this is something that we can potentially uh maybe put a put a link up when it's ready yeah so i'm working on a small account course uh, specific, uh specifically training options the reason being is options is way more advanced. It's targeted to people that has the knowledge but lack the uh, funds so they can trade this way. Um, it's a long process uh, to learn this way, uh, but it's very possible to do, accomplish because that's the way I started it, by starting a small account, testing this account, testing the strategy, and then evolve from it, right? So for people who 
can follow process, follow rules, they can learn my process. I, I'm very different from most mentors. Most mentors, you know, they do high volume. Uh, I don't do high volume. I like to do low volume because I like to concentrate on the people, mm-hmm. not on the, you know, I make more money trading, so I don't really yeah, care. You don't need, you don't need these <laughs> you know, you know yeah, yeah. I don't really care about, you know, making 10,000 subscribers versus 100 because yeah. with 100 subscribers, I can make this 100 people like actually make money and then yeah. they can spread the words themselves. But like, you know, a lot of people, they, they go for, like, you know, they sell courses, they go for the, uh, you know, they they have a very basic scenario where they teach that one thing. So I teach like different scenarios. I teach how to do it on a daily basis. I, I teach you the process, the mindset uh, on top of that, and then how you can progress from doing this to that based on your personality, right? So because that's what makes the difference is is your personality and your and, and your way of uh, uh, absorbing that information versus somebody just taking a course and just try to follow what you do because that's not what trading is, yeah. right? It can be mechanical, but you know if you can leverage what you are and combine with that what you know what for your personality it makes a world of difference of your returns right that's how you can grow really really fast in a short amount of time versus somebody that you know spends 10 years then finally getting after 10 years versus somebody finally getting after a year or two yeah it's really that discipline and that knowledge and how you can apply that knowledge to your discipline to really make it happen so yeah Awesome. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to put a link to your website uh, with uh, the courses you have now, and hopefully uh, you'll have something ready, and maybe we'll put a uh, maybe we'll put a promo code. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out, okay, Eddie? <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it, it's probably going to be like sometime next year for me to finish that course. Okay. So awesome, awesome. In, in the meantime, you guys, uh, link below. Go check out Eddie's um uh, website in terms of uh, uh, his courses. Uh, remind me, is it what's the what's the website again? Just remind everyone. Kneecapitaltrading.com. Uh, Perfect. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, Eddie, thank you very much. This was uh, just like a lot of our conversations. Really, really cool and interesting because you know we the whole idea was to just bring on people that have done things that you wouldn't expect um, and you hear a lot about and you you don't know that these people exist, but being able to connect you and share your story and your journey and hopefully someone uh, hears this and is like, oh, you know what, like I've always wanted to try, but I want I don't want to, you know, risk losing all my money and all this other stuff. There's so much fluff in the market. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciate your time um, being able to record with this and uh, hopefully, you know, like y- you go on your way to create like those hundred millionaire traders, right? Um, hopefully me being one of them. So like that's, <laughs> that's part of it. Um, uh, is there anything that you want to leave? If you were to give like one, one thing to someone to and say something to someone, what would that be? If we can leave it at yeah, that. Um, start early, learn from real traders and uh, you know, it, you know, a lot of people, they think that they look at a price tag, but uh, I think time is more valuable than money. Yeah. If I learn what I learned now, say 10 years ago versus now, I would have made way more money uh, learning from somebody that knows what they're doing versus, you know, trying to save a buck, trying to learn it myself, right? Because I, I did that for about 10, 15 years learning myself until I learned from a real mentor 
and then they tell me what all their secrets are and how <laughs> trading actually works. Yeah. And uh, in the mindset behind it, that you really take your trading to the next level. So, you know, you know, like having the proper education and having the proper mentor can speed up your learning curve. And this is not just because I'm. Uh, I sell courses is this is the way I trade as well and the way I learn myself because the first you know few years is it's definitely rough and I probably lost more money learning it myself than than me if I pay somebody that actually know what they're doing and learn from them would have saved myself a lot of money and, and actually speed up my earning curve way faster that way right yeah. because you know, try to learn yourself. It's great. I mean, like YouTube is a really good resource to do, but you don't know what's the good stuff and what's the best stuff. And yeah, you have to yeah. figure that out yourself and learn from mistakes, right? So if if you're trying to learn from those and, and then you make all the mistakes on real money, it's going to cost you way more than learning from some national what they're doing and telling you what not to do and what to do and follow the actual process, right? Yeah. So. Like, uh, like I, I think a lot of students tell me the same thing and, and, you know, it, it, like a lot of people tell me they, they wish they met me before they, they took on other courses because <laughs> they lost a lot of money learning from people that actually don't know how to trade. And then, and then they took my course and they completely changed their mindset. So, you know, it, 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 it's something like that. It's not just because I'm telling you like, uh, you know, uh, Jason can tell you yourself, uh, cause he took my course as well. And plus other people that took courses from other people versus mine as well. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not actually trying to, you know, mass sell this because i don't advertise because that's yeah, yeah. why nobody knows me and and i only do is because i i wanted to because you know the market is a really unique environment where you can do a lot of like life-changing things with it as long as you know what to do with it right and and you know it, it there's there is a way there's a process to make money off this place and you know and, and you just have to learn it properly you just had to follow the process to to do it versus you know try to uh, you know be just because you watch a YouTube video you think you make a million dollars the next day <laughs> that just just doesn't work that way right yeah yeah so, yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome <laughs> um, Eddie thank you so much for for yeah spending the time here to just you know share your story go through your journey and really give give shed some light on something that I think a lot of people think that is just voodoo magic. Um, and is not achievable. But, you know, you've obviously have demonstrated and I've seen it firsthand that it is possible. Like you can do this and you can do this. You just got to put in the effort, put in the reps uh, and something magical can happen if you just mm -hmm. keep going with it. So um, thank you again. Um, uh, we'll, we'll chat later. But uh, to, to everyone listening, if, if, you, if you enjoyed this episode, like, you know, we, I don't ask for any money, but pay the fee, share it, like it, um, share this with someone that you think is into it and go check Eddie out um, and spread the word of what we're trying to do here, right? The whole point was like this living room conversation that I had about trading turned into this journey about like now coming on along with Eddie, right? Um, into something bigger. So um, share this, like it, uh, have those conversations and then you never know what is what's going to happen um but eddie thank you everyone we'll we'll uh see you next time uh but appreciate it again thank all you. right
Thanks, Eddie. Peace. See you later. Your Everyday Rich podcast is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. Any such information or other material should not be construed as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a qualified professional.